So we now know that a habit is an automatic action performed repeatedly without conscious thought. Okay. And we know that there are essentially four parts to the habit loop. Cue, craving, response and reward. And that to start to change habits, we must make the cue obvious and clear. So now we're going to focus on the craving and how we can use manipulating cravings to our massive advantage when it comes to behavior change. Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. So, Alphas, welcome back to the show. My name's Andy Naylor, founder and CEO of Naylor Body Design and host of your Optimal Alpha podcast. And today we continue our delve into the world of habits. Thanks to uh, the author, James uh, Clear, who wrote um, Atomic Habits, which is the book that I'm currently, well, I've finished and, and I'm now just sort of using elements of because it's so damn good to, to sort of bring to you bite-sized pieces that I think have been useful. So, so much credit to him and, and this amazing book, which I am probably going to read a number of times. So today we continue our journey into true behavior change, because if we want to improve ourselves, behavior is fundamentally at the root of everything. Um, so we're continuing down the path of looking at how we can manipulate the four stages of uh, of a habit. So the cue, the craving, um, the response and reward. So today we're going to delve into craving. Now, we've all heard, like we all, we all use the word craving, right? It's, it's a, you know, I'm craving this, I'm craving that. We probably use it with, I guess, very little understanding of the, the, the what's, the whys and the hows of, of what a craving is. It's an overused word. So let's just spend a little moment and really delve into... I guess what's behind a craving? Like what is a craving? Cravings essentially are driven by a neurotransmitter called dopamine. You've, you've possibly heard of dopamine. Dopamine is essentially crazy strong. You are at its will. You are at it. We are all at its will and at its mercy. Let me give you an example of, uh, I guess, a well, no, a study that was done, uh, essentially to try and really understand dopamine and what power it had. So back in 1954, and again, I'm, I'm taking this from James's book, back in 1954, two, two neuroscientists basically wanted to try and understand the power of dopamine. So they planted um, uh, uh, electronic probes, essentially, in the brains of rats, and they were able to block the production of dopamine. So these rats were now going through their life, essentially, with, with no dopamine the rats very quickly lost the will to live. They stopped eating, they stopped reproducing, and they very quickly died of thirst. They basically just didn't crave anything to the point where they just stopped existing. They just died. 
They didn't crave anything at all. They didn't even crave the things that were going to keep them alive. How crazy is that? That's how strong dopamine is. They then also reversed this, uh, this study and they essentially flooded the rats' brains with dopamine, massive amounts of dopamine. And that they would then go off and perform tasks at insane speed. So in one of the studies, a rat would get a, a huge hit of dopamine when they poked their nose into a box. Right? So try and picture a rat having to poke its nose into a box and suddenly getting a massive hit of dopamine. They would do this quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker because they were, they were, they were feeding off this loop of dopamine to the point where uh, they ended up doing this on average 600 times per hour which is 10 times per minute constantly for 60 minutes. They were just constantly going back to this box for no other reason. There was nothing else. To my knowledge, there was nothing else in the box, but they just got a hit of dopamine. So the sticking their nose in the box was enough. It was then a immediately rewarded, repeatable action, and they just kept doing it. That's, that's what we're up against. when, Or that's, that's both what we're up against when we're trying to use dopamine, but also... If we can then harness that power to a degree, think how powerful it could be to our advantage. Dopamine, I think, is a very, very much a double-edged sword. I think most of us, certainly when we're unaware of it and we're just going along with these autonomic things that we don't know what's going on, and dopamine has us, dopamine has got us. And anyone with any addictive personality, dopamine is a huge, one huge element of that. But then if we could understand dopamine and harness it, use it wisely towards the habits that we want to integrate into our lives for the better, then we've got so much on our side. So, I mean, hab habits, habits are a dopamine-driven feedback loop. Every single habit is linked to the increased levels of dopamine. So really high, obvious ones would be things like food, drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, gambling. All those things you can imagine in some degree deliver huge wallops of dopamine. There's a gazillion other examples of that. But everything that you do that is habitual to some degree is delivering you some sort of dopamine. So here's what's interesting, though. The key thing about dopamine is it's not only released as you experience the habit, as you get the reward. So let's imagine chocolate. Like, so I, I like chocolate. I have a sweet tooth. Thanks to my mom for that. Um, so I, I quite like dark chocolate. There's no way I'll eat much milk chocolate at this point in my life. I tend to go for dark chocolate, 80%. So it's kind of bitter. It's kind of sweet. I enjoy it. The, but it's technically, I'm enjoying the thought of having a square of dark chocolate actually more than the taste and having it. That's what's actually happening. So we get a massive spike of dopamine in anticipation of the habit and the reward. Okay. So thinking about the habit and then the subsequent reward drives up dopamine. That's the craving. That's the craving, right? Because you get a craving for something. So for example, it could be well, it could be any of the things that I've mentioned that stick down the food route. And we all probably have some sort of food craving because at some point we've eaten that food. It's either 
relieved us from stress or it's distracted us or it's given us an energy boost or some that food has done something. And then we've created unknowingly a, an immediate feedback loop to it. And our brain goes, aha, when I, when I get to eat dark chocolate, this is going to happen. And then what happens is, is dopamine goes up to drive me to crave dark chocolate because dopamine dopamine doesn't rest. It just keeps going. It just, once dopamine has gone up and comes down, it goes after it again. It just, dopamine is never satisfied. It's never satisfied. So I don't know too many people that could open some, like if I was trying to give a good example, biscuits are probably a good example for me. I'll be honest, biscuits. The, the, and this is in, actually, I've just stumbled across another thing that I'll probably try and get into this podcast. So biscuits, there's something about the mixture of chocolate and biscuit, whether that be an oat biscuit or a wheat biscuit. Wheat is not great, but you're not like a digestive with like dark chocolate on the top. Like I, I could sit here now and be like, oh, I could just eat one of those. I'm, and if I opened a pack to them, is there much? So someone, someone who has a sweet tooth, right? Whether that is just a craving in itself and dopamine related, and the sweet tooth doesn't exist. It's just my desire for something. It's what I've called the. I've called my craving for dark chocolate a sweet tooth. The fuck is a sweet tooth? My teeth don't know what something sweet is. I've just laid. We've just labelled the craving. Like it's like I don't know. Someone calling themselves a gambler. I suppose like the gambling. The gambler is just the craving. So anyway, I'm going to open the pack of biscuits. I, what chances are of me having one? Because I I anticipate the having the biscuit right. So I anticipate going. I'm anticipating going to the cupboard, pulling out a pack of biscuits. There isn't one, by the way, actually for once. Opening the pack of biscuits and having one. I have one, and what actually happens is there's a slight drop in dopamine the other side because the having it was never quite as good as the thought of having it. Ah. So what happens is dopamine drops off the other side of the reward. And of course, pendulum swings in one direction, back it comes in the other, up goes dopamine because it's like, ah, oh, we can go around this circle again. Okay. So the rise in dope, it's the rise in dopamine that is the motivation to act. Okay. The rise in dopamine Okay, is the anticipation in and anticipation of the reward is what motivates you to act. It's the anticipation of the reward. It's not the reward itself. You have less dopamine at that point. It's the thought of it. It's your brain going with your doors, not your brain, your your dopamine levels searching for something, seeking for something, making you crave something. It's not the it's not the fulfillment that makes you take action. It's the craving and the driving up of dopamine before the fulfillment that's made you take action. That's, that's how a craving works, okay? It's all what happens just before it. But when you, when you feel overwhelmed by cravings, it's, it's, do it's, it's simply dope. It's not your lack of will. It's not your lack of discipline. It's that you're, you're fighting against something that's been laid down in your brain, neurological tracks that have been put there for who knows fucking years right so first of all when it comes to this stuff is it's it's not that you haven't got the motivation to try and work against these things it's the clarity of understanding this stuff okay and once, so once you start to understand this you can start to sort of peel things back and be like okay well one we're going to we're going to put the back of pack of biscuits well one we're not going to have a pack of biscuits in the in the apartment andy right so now i i can crave them all i like 
But now I've got to go out of the apartment, downstairs, outside, where it is so humid and so hot. Quite frankly, that is making it unattractive to me, which I'll mention later. It's making it unattractive enough for me to go outside in what is quite uncomfortable heat and conditions right now to get a pack of biscuits. They don't weigh up. So all of a sudden, I can allow the dopamine could just seems to disappear. Because, I've first of all, the cue is not obvious. I've made the cue unobvious. Like it's, if there was a pack of biscuits sat here on the table, the cue's right in front of me. Dopamine sees it and goes, hmm, biscuits. <laughs> Up goes dopamine before I realize that I'm half a pack in, right? But if there isn't even a pack in the apartment, and I, I can sit here and think about biscuits or chocolate all I like, or whatever the thing might be for you, it's not, it's not, it's not close by, it's not obvious. The only reason I've thought about that is I'm doing a podcast, which has now put me at risk of after this podcast wanting to go and buy biscuits because dopamine is starting to think about it right now. Alphas, I interrupt this show with a simple message. This show is here to benefit you and your progression to the best version of yourself. But not only just you, it's also here to benefit the people around you, your loved ones, your friends, other alphas in your vicinity. So why not do a really cool thing today? Something that I would thank you for and maybe someone else would. Share this podcast with at least one other alpha out there who you know would benefit from it. Why not share the information, share the ability for someone else to grow? I'm sure they would thank you. I 100% would absolutely thank you. This podcast only grows by our listeners, our followers doing amazing things like giving us five-star reviews, downloading podcasts, subscribing, and then of course sharing it with other people. I thank you from the bottom of my heart share it with one person and of course drop us a five-star review download the podcast and of course subscribe and now back to the show anyway that's just to give you some insight as to what like what is a craving so this is this is our second step in the in the you know the four-step loop what is a craving it's what's making you do dumb shit even though you know it's bad for you it's the anticipation of the reward it's too much for you to deny it okay um so I think then what we need to do is start to think, well, so how, like, how do we start to control essentially cravings and desire? Because that's what we're talking about. If we want to, so if we want to add, here's a simple step. This is the goal with all this stuff is to try and keep it as simple as possible. Like always, the goal should always be simplicity. Okay. So what we want to do is if we want to add a new, we want to start a new behavior. So obviously we've got start a behavior, stop a behavior, right? There's only really two things. So let's say we want to, we want to start a behavior, a new good behavior. What do we do? We make the craving part hyper attractive. Okay. We make it hyper attractive. So if let's say I wanted to start eating lots of biscuits and chocolate, I would just have them around me all of the time. And I would buy the particular ones that I really, really happen to enjoy. I've made, I've made it nearly a foregone conclusion that I'm going to stuff my face full of biscuits. I've made it really attractive and I've made the cue really obvious because they're all around me and they're my favorite ones. Like, what bloody hope do I have? Okay. So, um, and so as James out, outlines in, in, uh, in Atomic Habits, there's a thing called temptation building. And we're going to take this idea of temptation. Well, so I've just explained to you temptation building, like literally stick the stuff in front of you. Like that, that's one way of doing it. Um, so if it were, if it were water, for example, I need to improve my water. Well, you, you just have it in front of you all the time. Okay. But what we're going to do is we're going to use this idea of temptation building, which is a really simple solution. And we're going to stack it and we're going to add it to habit stacking. And so we spoke about this idea of habit stacking 
previously in an episode. Go back and listen to that. It's the idea of when you do something that you already do, you just do something else alongside it. Best example of habit stacking is while I go out for my morning walk, I will listen to one podcast and I will drink my water. That's three things. That's three habits happening at the same time. We just stack them. So while I'm out for my walk, because I happen to walk every morning, or while I'm on my walk to the office, right? There's another. While I'm on my walk to the tube, whatever it might be, while I'm whatever, like while you're doing, I will do this and that at the same time. Habit stacking, really easy. So, but what we can use now is this idea of also temptation. So we can take, we can now take a habit that we would like to do, want to do, and we can now kind of add it into a formula essentially with stuff that we need to do. So there's always going to be something that you might want to do, whether it's really going to help you or not. Okay. And then there's going to be the stuff that you need to do because that's the habit you want to add in. So the formula would sort of sound like after current habit, something already in place, I will do the habit I need. Okay. So after current habit, I will do the habit I need. Now we spoke about this last time. After I, um, so after I pour my coffee, I will sit and meditate for 10 minutes at my office chair. Okay. That, that is a formula that works. It's super easy. But now we need to, we need to try and if, if the habit that you need to do is, is something that's maybe slightly more difficult or more challenging or more hard, we kind of want to try and at least take one more step to make it a little bit more attractive. So now the formula reads, after current habit, I will do the habit I need. Step two, after I've done the habit I need, I will do the habit I want. So we've got current, we've got just, that was only three habits. Current habit, the habit I need to do, and then a habit I want to do. For fun, maybe, right? So let's try and give you a real world example of this. And again, we're trying to keep it as simple as possible. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be difficult. So let's imagine you need to take your health supplements and you keep damn well forgetting or whatever it might be, right? But you also want to check the sports news. I don't know, weird combination, I know, but hey, let's go with it. So the formula would read, for example, after I, so current habit, after I eat my evening meal, right, because you're going to do that, I will do the habit I need. I will take my health supplements, right? Then, so it's after I've taken my health supplements, the habit I need, I will check ESPN, do the habit I want. So basically, we've taken that, we've, we've sort of stacked, we've taken the, the, the habit of eating your evening meal, we put underneath it the habit of you need to take your, your health up. And then we put underneath that the fun one. I get to check ESPN and see what's been going on in the world of sport. We've, we've taken a temptation and stacked it inside a habit formula. It's really quite simple, but it sounds so simple. No one, I don't know why people don't do it. Write it down. This, I don't think this works if you don't write it down. I think, I think it really actually needs writing down and maybe pinning on something. It's, it's one, I think it's one of those visual things. After I do the current habit I'm already doing, I will then add on the habit I need to do. After I've done the habit I need to do, I'll then do the habit that I really fancy doing just for funsies, right? Super simple. But if, if you just add a little bit of discipline to that, the desire, the craving to take your health supplements gets driven up. So the craving of the health supplements gets driven up by the anticipated reward of you getting to check ESPN. That's what's technically happening. You're, you're trick, not tricking, you're manipulating dopamine to your advantage. That's all you've done. Because maybe, maybe you would just sit and watch ESPN and, I don't know, 
catch up on whatever particular sport or team that you like. That's where the dopamine is. Oh, I get to see my team and what they've done today or what news or whatever. But you've but before it, you've added something you need to do. So the need, to, the thing that you need to do becomes the craving to the ESPN watching. Simple, but smart. Eventually, you do this often enough. And remember, it's not how long, it's the number of repeated rewardable actions that makes the difference here. After a long enough repeatable actions, you'll start to actually look forward to eating your evening meal, getting your subs down you, because then you can sit and watch ESPN and you get your sports hit. Easy. Like, it's so easy, but really, really powerful. And you can apply that to a gazillion things. Um, let's try another. So let's imagine, okay, well, let's go back to the, uh, the morning mindfulness. So let's say you need to start morning mindfulness, also known as meditation practice, but you also want to check social media in the morning, maybe. Okay. So, that, that, so the habit that you always do, you pour your coffee, right? So after I pour my morning coffee, after I do the habit I do, I will meditate for 10 minutes on my office chair. Now that's quite specific, which is good because it's how long and where. Remember, we've spoken about that. After I pour my morning coffee, I will sit and meditate for 10 minutes on my office chair. Okay, then it's after I meditate, I will then check my social media for 10 minutes. If you get a big buzz out of checking social media, that, that habit, that's, that's, that last habit could be anything. Could be checking the newspaper. It doesn't really matter. Could be checking your emails if you get a buzz out of that. Fair play if you do. But we've taken, we've taken the thing that you want to do, whether it's checking paper, checking social media, and you, get, you know that you get a hit from that. And we've just put something in front of it that is the thing you know you need to do. Eventually, you will look forward to obviously having your coffee, sitting down, chilling out, meditating, and then you go off and check your socials. Again, we've just manipulated dopamine. So it's, an it's just using the insane power of dopamine. Dopamine's there, so we just use it to our advantage. Now, very simply, that's how to put in a good habit. That's how to just, that's just one way, I suppose, to try and think about how to put in good habits. I think that making something obvious, okay, so you know, whatever that might be. So making something obvious, putting it out in front of you is a great way to begin the process of, you know, that could be leaving the door open. Well, first of all, it's not. It's actually getting all your coffee bits and bobs out ready in the for the morning. So the night before you go to bed, you get your favorite mug out, you put it on the side. So as soon as you get up, you see your mug, you see the mug, you think meditate, you think meditate, I'll check my papers, social media. You've made, you've made the very beginning of the habit loop clear. It's not, you don't leave your paper out to read it because that's the backwards loop. You leave your coffee stuff out ready. So you see the coffee, you do your meditation because you've left your office door open and you've, you've made it nice and easy to get in there and do that. And then you check your socials. So you've made it, you've then made the queue because the queue is the coffee. You've made it clear. You've made it obvious. You put it out. And then you've made, you've then habit stacked and used temptation building in there to get the other parts done to, to easy. So how would we then sort of invert this and flip it if we wanted to kill off a bad habit? I think this is more difficult. I think removing bad habits is more difficult. And um, so we, what we're going to do is simply, I'm going to show you one way, because I could probably talk about this for too long in one podcast. I'm going to show you one way where we can invert the rule of, adding a, of, of making a craving attractive, like we've just done above. We need to make it highly unattractive. Okay, so if we make the craving element highly unattractive, now we could say when I do a certain habit, I must do something that I don't really want. And I mean, I really don't want to do. Like, let's imagine, I don't know, let's imagine you're trying to give up smoking. I am not technically good on how someone might go about this. 
but you might say you might put a formula together that when I have a cigarette, I must do something that would be particularly not nice. I don't know. It'd be it'd be I'd, something linked back to the idea of smoking. I will smell the ashtray. I don't know. Like I know that sounds daft, but the the point being is is once you've done the habit, you would do something after it. It would make you think, what the hell am I doing this habit for? It's disgusting. But the chances are you wouldn't do the thing after. I think there has to be a slightly better way of doing it. Here's the one that I came up with. This is the first thing that's come to my mind when it comes to trying to manipulate your mindset to help you kill off a bad habit. Okay. Example. I think I think one of the easiest ways is a a mindset shift in the inter, on the internal voice that you have. We all have an internal and an external voice. We've all got like uh, we're talking to ourselves all of the time. We're sort of some people the, the the internal monologue monologue that they've got some people it's very positive some people it's very negative like we're all different in our personalities but there are areas that we can learn to control okay here's 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 the one that i'm going to deliver that i think is well you could go away and do this straight away basically we've all at some point on certain different elements in our lives said verbally or internally things like this i have to go and exercise i have to eat healthy I have to sit down and do my mindfulness. I have to do this. I have to do that. The word have implies that you don't want to, to a degree, right? Would you, I don't know if you would agree. I think the word, the, when we say, I, ha- I, I've, I have to eat healthy. I have to, I have to. No, you don't. <laughs> like it, the word have implies you don't want to. And then you've, you've made the, the action and the habit and the reward unattractive to yourself. You've told yourself internally in your mind that it's not an attractive habit or reward. So therefore you're fighting against creating a habit. You might go and do the thing now and again, but for it to become a true habit, in other words, unconscious and you just do it, you're you're, you're constantly, it's constantly putting up roadblocks. Okay, you, we don't realize we're doing this consciously. We, I, there'll, be, there'll be areas of my life where I'm doing that. Oh, I have to do this or I have to do that. Okay, um, but it's, it's literally putting up a block to creating a habit. So let's not do that. And also, here's how to get around it. Let's be very real here for a second. This is gonna be quite a different perspective. There are folks in this world that would trade their life for yours and mine in an instant perspective time, right? Millions, if you're sat here listening to this on a device, millions of people in this world would trade their life for yours right now. Get that. If you have shelter, running clean water, food on your table and a reasonably steady income, you're doing just fucking fine, right? Compared to many millions of people out there, you're doing fine. You ain't got really nothing to worry about. First world problems. So saying that you have to go and exercise like it's a chore, quite frankly, it's outright disrespectful to the millions of people that would love the chance to go to a gym and take some time to improve their own health and wellness. Like, Just take that perspective in. And that applies to all of us, right? You don't have to. You damn well get to. You're lucky. You probably get to do pretty much anything you want. But naturally, we fall into our negative mindset as human beings. And, oh, you know, I have to go to the air-conditioned gym with all the equipment in it that basically doesn't cost me fuck all money. And, you know, 
I have, oh, I have to. No, you get to. Get your head around that, right? How lucky are you? You get to drink your allotted amount of clean, clear water per day. Aren't you lucky? There are people in the world that drink no clear water per day. You get to sit and practice your meditation in the security of your lovely home. There are some people that don't have a home. You get to eat nice, well-grown, nutritious foods. There are people in this world that are starving to death. Now, I know that's a bit of a slant in a different direction, but that's, that sh should hopefully just be a very simple mindset shift. Because the moment you understand that, that little mindset shift could make a huge difference in the minds of any conscientious individual. You get to. You are so for fortunate. Now, don't play the victim here. Start showing the fuck up for yourself. Because, again, millions of people would come and swap their lives for yours. Now, if that thought, well, hopefully, quite simply, that thought should make the idea of going and doing the things that you maybe once thought you, I don't know, you had to do, it should be a heck of a lot more attractive in your mind. Because not only do you get to do it, but those things are probably good for you. It's just one, it's just one. That's just one way, one very quick and easy way, which is just a simple mindset shift to make something that didn't seem attractive, attractive. Okay, it's still the same thing, but when you realize that you have the opportunity to do it, aren't you lucky? Why would you waste it? Because if someone come and took away from you the opportunity to do those things, you would regret not doing them. And there we go. That's going to wrap up everything for today. So I hope that's been useful. Um, again, we're talking about behavior change. And we will continue this with a few more episodes as we delve into further into the, the book by James, which is absolutely awesome. Again, I recommend go buy it, go get it, read through it. You'll see a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about and a heck of a lot more. Alphas, thank you so much. Over and out for now. I will catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Nailer underscore Pure underscore Elite underscore Pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.